What's up, Read My Mind Radio family? Welcome back to another episode. If you're new here, welcome. My name is T. Reed. I'm the host and producer of This Here Podcast. Every two weeks, I'm either bringing you stories about or profiles of people impacted by blindness, low vision, and disability. Occasionally, I bring you stories from my own experience as a man who became blind as an adult. In fact, you can check out the last episode if you want to know more about that. Today, we're recognizing and saluting Black History Month. That's next up. Read my mind radio. History Month, as it's called. Uh, from whence does it come? How old is it? Well, what we now call Black History Month, formerly Negro History Month, that I call Africana History Month, started around 1927 by Carter G. Woodson, who had found the Association for the Study of Negro Life in History, now the Association for the Study of African American Life in History, had found this organization in Chicago in 1915. Mm -hmm. And uh, he began the week um, in order to call special attention to the contribution that people of African descent have made not only to America, but to the world. That was renowned historian, the late great John Hendrick Clark, appearing on Like It Is with Gil Noble. This was a public affairs television program in New York City that focused on issues relevant to the African-American community. I grew up watching this show with one of my personal all-time great black mentors, my daddy. Black History Month celebration, unfortunately, usually consists of the same references. Martin Luther King Jr., Rosa Parks, and the usual version of the civil rights era. One thing, however, that rarely gets attention, black disability. Today, we're going to change that a bit. I thought it was time we had our own celebration of black disabled history. Let's begin by paying honor to two historic black Americans that you should have heard of, but may not be aware of their disability. Please welcome Raven Reed. Harriet Tubman. 1822 to 1913. Miss Tubman is best known as an abolitionist, risking her own life to help lead enslaved African people to freedom. Since age 12, Miss Tubman was disabled after a severe beating by her slave master. As a result, she experienced seizures from epilepsy as well as vision loss. Yet, she tirelessly traveled back and forth through slave country multiple times via what became known as the Underground Railroad. Fanny Lou Hamer, 1917-1977 Miss Hamer was a civil rights activist who helped African Americans register to vote. 
She co-founded the Mississippi Freedom Democratic Party and was involved in the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. Like many poor blacks at the time, she was sterilized without her knowledge or consent. Ms. Hamer had polio as a child. She protested in the face of heavy opposition and was beaten in a Mississippi jailhouse, which caused kidney damage and a limp. She is known for saying, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. Ms. Harriet Tubman, Ms. Fannie Lou Hamer, we honor you. Once again, that was my baby girl, Raven Reed. Thank you to Velissa Thompson over at RampYourVoice.com. You should go on over there and check out the great articles on Black disability history and more. That's where we got some of this information. Audio call. Button. Happy Black History Month, brother. Thank you. You too. If you've been riding with Read My Mind Radio for a while, you may remember Leroy Moore Jr., a disability activist, writer, author, artist, and one of the founders of the Crip Hop Nation. The Crip Hop Nation is all about educating the media industry and the public about the talents, history, rights, and marketability of hip-hop artists and other musicians with disabilities. It wouldn't be right to have an episode about Black history from the disability perspective without Leroy. Leroy schooled me on some noteworthy disabled Black people in history. In addition to the many early blues artists, he dropped a bit of science on Reverend Cecil Ivory. I love his story. He was a brother back in the 50s and 60s. He organized his whole town to do this counter sitting. He was also an NWACP chairman at the time. Falling out of a tree as a child, resulting in a broken back, Ivory became a wheelchair user following an additional fall later in his life. In 1960, Ivory organized a sit-in at a South Carolina lunch counter. And so he was sitting there, and the cop told him that, you know, he had to move. He says, oh, I'm not taking a seat because I have my own seat. They took him to jail, but couldn't book him because the, the booking place was downstairs. One of the few times that inaccessibility works in our favor. The National Black Disability Coalition is putting together this whole exhibit around Black disabled people in history. We've been working on it for the last two years. The exhibit will include people like the blind jazz singer, Al Hitler, who sang with Duke Ellington's orchestra and later marched with Dr. King, soul singer Robert Winters, and Check this out. even one-third of the legendary rap group run, run. DMC. DMC wrote all about his experience with depression and mental health disabilities. And why you wear those glasses? So I can see Stories highlighting the contributions of people like Reverend Ivory and others when Leroy was attending grade school in the 1970s were limited. In fact, that's probably generous. We just didn't see nothing. We just got so pissed. Me and two other black disabled men, boys at the time, wrote letters saying that there's no 
black disabled, nothing on TV, radio. Those letters? Well, they aimed high. Jesse Jackson, the Urban League, the NWACP. I knew back then that I had to do it outside of school because the school wasn't offering anything. It started my quest to really learn about my history as a black disabled man. Did you ever hear back from any of those organizations that you wrote to? One letter saying, dear such and such, sorry, there's nothing out there. We can't do nothing for you. Now as you know, fifty one years old, still doing this. He's doing it all right. He's the author of Black Disabled, Art History 101. Black Cripple delivers poetry and lyrics. And now, the Crip Hop Graphic Novel, Volume 1, published by Poor Press. Yeah, I'm so excited to have this come out. Familiar enough with comic books and graphic novels, Leroy recognized the lack of representation of Black disabled women characters. You have Misty Knight, that came out in 1975. Came back to life in Luke Cage. For me, when comics quote unquote include disabled characters, they just include them because it's a, it's a diversity kind of thing. I wanted to flip that. I was like, no, this hip hop graphic novel tells you that disability has always been there in hip hop. Not inclusion. It's like you know we've been there. The novel's protagonist is a young black disabled girl who uses a wheelchair. This young lady from New York, her mother tells her stories about the old times in hip-hop in New York. She gets more and more confident when she finds hip-hop on the internet. Traveling through the city, the reader joins the young girl as she participates in various events. Black Lives Matter, protests, Open mic. As she continues to learn more about Crip Hop, her power increases. That superpower? Her wheelchair turns into hip hop. Now, when you say her her chair becomes hip hop, so I'm like, oh man, she got two turntables. <laughs> like yeah, the wheels. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's definitely. what it is? <laughs> yeah. She has two turntables. Yeah. She's scratching. She also has a spray can. Repeating. Uh-huh. She's dancing in the wheelchair. Yeah. So you got all the elements? For those outside the culture, you may think that rap music and hip hop are synonymous, but they're not. Hip-hop is made up of five elements. Watch me now. DJ. This is the genesis. There's no rap. There's no hip-hop without the DJ. MCing. The rappers who control the microphone and the crowd. Breakdancing. With the original B-boys and B-girls and their acrobatic floor moves. Electric Boogie, or what some call popping and locking. You know, where folks were doing the moonwalk way before Michael Jackson. Graffiti. Probably more difficult to explain if you've never seen the amazing moving art murals 
on the number two or number five trains, for example, running from the Bronx to Brooklyn, and those running through other boroughs. Oh, man. I'm feeling nostalgic now. The story also includes other disabled characters, like a sort of guardian angel for the protagonist, and some hip-hop pioneers with disabilities. There's even a bit of time travel, and we meet Leroy himself. As a little kid outside of the cipher. Taking a page right out of Leroy's personal history during the early days of New York's hip-hop scene, traveling on a Greyhound bus from Connecticut to the Bronx to check out and maybe join the rap ciphers. Picture a circle of young rappers honing their rhyme skills, each of them ready to take their turn to impress the other rappers with their latest lyrics or flow. That's their cadence or rhyme pattern. Now, here comes a young Leroy. Kids used to see me coming with my walker. The kids say, okay, you can't go in the cypher because you're too crippled. So you'll be a watchman for the police. Every time I saw the police, I used to shout, ho, ho, and they used to scatter. The police used to see me and just like, you know, kick my walker because they were so pissed off. No longer looking out for the police, but Leroy, he's still the watchman. Now, making sure those with disabilities aren't relegated to the sidelines. When you think about that early experience, it gives you a sense of the depth of his love for the culture. That appreciation for history explains why he chose to name the protagonist Roxanne, as in Roxanne Shantae, the first female MC to gain real notoriety. Recalling Leroy's grade school experience where the lack of black disabled representation sparked what became a lifelong mission to find disabled black ancestors leads us to that very important but often forgotten fifth element of hip hop. It sounds like there might be knowledge of self built right in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the whole concept of the book because once he gets confident about herself, then her powers get stronger. That's dope. Like hip hop, hip hop don't stop. Maybe this is Leroy's superpower. He continues letting the world know that people with disabilities have and will continue to represent the culture in every aspect. Crip Hop Nation has two events coming up in 2019. We're having it all women's event here in Berkeley at the Pina Cultural Center. That's coming up in March 30th. We're highlighting AJ420, rapper from Detroit. But she's from the Bay Area. The event will include about seven other artists representing a variety of art forms. Dancers, singers, spiritual workers. It's going to be dope. In addition to the event, the Crip Hop Nation is putting out a CD featuring women artists with disabilities. So Crip Hop Nation is pretty active on the African continent, correct? Yes, thank you for bringing that up. We, we did really, really Connecting to our African brothers and sisters for the last 10 years. Kripop went to South Africa in 2016 and we did a tour. We hit out like eight cities in four weeks. 
When it comes to all aspects of disability, we often assume that living in a developed nation brings the most opportunities and equality. I've only been to South Africa. I've interviewed, you know, artists all over Africa. And it seems to me that America needs to catch up to African countries when it comes to supporting black disabled musicians, especially physically disabled musicians. It seems to me that Africa is like way ahead of us. It seems as though America is, is comfortable at this time accepting musicians who are blind. We know Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles, Jose Feliciano, and there's the others. Because the, you know, the blues are all uh-huh. blind artists, yeah. But even going back, it's like when it comes to physical disabilities, you don't see that. I'm trying to think, who did I ever see like, you know, any artists with, uh, with physical disabilities? At all. Especially on the mainstream stage, you know, you got Bushwick Bell, the rapper down with the ghetto boys. Of course, it's not until we're off our call that I remember two well-known soul singers, Teddy Pendergrass and Curtis Mayfield, who both acquired a disability well after their initial success. The Crip Hop Nation continues to push forward and create platforms for artists with disabilities throughout the diaspora. Like a festival scheduled for July 2019 featuring several disabled artists. The Crip Hop Nation graphic novel is currently available in print form. I'm hoping we'll see a digital form in the future. You should go back and check out the first episode on Read My Mind Radio featuring Leroy talking about the Crip Hop Nation and a documentary about Joe Capers, another notable historic black man. Capers owned and operated an early accessible analog recording studio where some of Oakland's hip-hop and R&B artists recorded, like the Digital Underground, Tony Tony Tony, In Vogue, and MC Hammer. As this episode comes to an end, so does Black History Month. However, that doesn't mean we can't continue to highlight not only the accomplishments, but also the issues currently disproportionately impacting the Black disabled community, like access to healthcare, police brutality, and the school-to-prison pipeline. Once again, a big shout-out to Leroy Moore and the rest of the Crip Hop Nation. Thanks to RampYourVoice.com and Raven Reed. This episode included some beats from Chooky Music. The link will be on the episode's blog page. By the way, there's lots of clips and old episodes of Like It Is on YouTube, including interviews with Malcolm X, Bob Marley, and so many more. Do you have a favorite historic black person that you think we should know about? Want to recommend a topic for the show? Holla back. We have the comments section on the blog, readmymind.com. The email, readmymindradio at gmail.com. The Read My Mind Radio feedback line, where you can leave a voicemail, 570-798-7343. That's 570-798-7343. If you don't want to call, you can grab your smartphone and record a voice memo. Voice and email the finished record. recording to readmymindradio at gmail.com. If you want to send a message but don't want it shared, just say so. It's all good. You too can help make black history. Subscribe. subscribe. Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Spotify. Subscribe. Google Podcasts. Subscribe. SoundCloud. Subscribe. Stitcher. 
TuneIn Radio, or wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe. And remember, you can always visit ReadMyMind.com. That's R to the E-I-D. Like my last name. Peace.